Bailey and I would w- walk around town three to five miles every day and run into all these other dogs. And so people on the street start to see this dog that doesn't need a leash and she stays right there at my side and can do a million tricks and seems to be very, very, very attentive to, to what I am asking her to do. And so just like one by one, these people that I'm meeting on the street are saying, how did you do that? <laughs> you know? And the thing is, is that, you know, occasionally somebody will say, Hey, can you train my dog? And I'll say, no, I can't, but I can train you. I can train you to train your dog. Um, which is what I, which is what I do, which is what I do sometimes. I, it's, it's mostly for people in our, our community, in our neighborhood. It's all like word of mouth stuff. A lot of the time I am to my own detriment, just saying, I love your dog. I want to make them better. I'll do this for free. <laughs> like I'll, you know, um, and, you know, and so it's, it's, it's not a proper business. It is the epitome of a passion project uh, to, to get together with these people and work with their dogs and see their dogs improve and um, maybe make a little bit of money here and there. But, it, you know, it, it, and it isn't, it isn't dog training. It's people training for dogs. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Weekly Muscle. This is Ahad with William on the other side of the world. William, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So doing William, great. William here is a photographer who has a very, very interesting side uh, hobby that I would like him to share with us a little bit. And William also has some thoughts on the matter of of something that even I don't know. I like to keep it a surprise. So we're going to walk through this conversation. We're going to see how it goes. And we're going to see what surprise William has waiting for us at the end of the conversation. So William, <laughs> before we begin, how is it near DC? It is uh, cold. It's yeah. cold near DC, yeah. but, uh, uh, but good. It's cold and there's traffic everywhere. And, uh, there are, are, you know, I, I live, I live outside DC. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a suburb, I'm yeah. sort of a suburb boy. Like if you go on the internet and you type in like, uh, American suburbs, that's where I live, wherever that, <laughs> whatever, whatever comes up on YouTube for American yeah. suburbs, that's where I live. Um, you know, so, you know, there's Christmas lights up and it's, it's cold yeah. and people are complaining about things that aren't really problems and, you know, <laughs> mad that they're going to build a thing over there. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. But it's good. It's very good. The, yeah. The, this, you know, we're, we're, while we're recording this, it's, you know, three days before Christmas and yeah, uh, that's the festive season. Is it upon is us. the festive season is very much upon us. Absolutely. Indeed. I do yeah. like a few things you already mentioned. So let's let directly begin with there. First thing I really am curious about is in, in here in Holland, uh, and I think most of Europe, you have cities and you have towns, right? Mm-hmm. Well, villages, but of course they don't call it villages. We call it towns because they're developed in Pakistan. You have sure. villages, right? But sure. in America, you have suburbs. Is mm-hmm. that, is that your uh, Americanization of the word village or town or what is it? Is it a different thing? I think all right. So <laughs> the suburbs are kind of like it's more like an extension of a city. So it's not quite a town because I think that a town kind of implies, you know, you have a town and then you got a bunch of kind of nothing, and then you've got another town and then you got a bunch of kind of nothing, or then maybe you yeah. have a city and maybe near the city you've got some sort of towns, but in between all that stuff is a bunch of nothing. Yeah. Well, nothing, you know. <laughs> Um, 
And a suburb is more like if you took a city and there was just like, you just use like a gradient and just sort of said like, we're just going to smooth the edges of the city out until it's nothing. All of that stuff that isn't quite city and definitely isn't nothing. That's the suburbs. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and and it's, it has, it has like not a super great origin story. You know, it's like a bunch of, it's like cities are where people go because that's where work and money and commerce and stuff happens. Yeah. Um, But that is also where, you know, uh, the, let's say the privileged people do not want to live there because of the less privileged who are also there. So they left the city and lived in a suburb where you could drive into the city and, you know, so it's kind of historically, it's like not, a rich person like, yeah, yeah, but this this leads right into the next point really, really well. So you have suburbs where, of course, more privileged and rich people came because they wanted to enjoy the bigger houses, the more comfortable right. life. That's that's fine. I I understand that, but the issue is in the Western world, like in the Eastern world, like Pakistan, Turkey, India, traffic is shit, right? But there's a reasonable mm-hmm. explanation for traffic being shit, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a developing country, so infrastructure is not that right. good. But countries like Holland and the U.S. are pretty developed. Yet, mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. in the morning and 5 in the evening, there is shitloads of traffic. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't get why people would choose to live outside the city and then be stuck in traffic for hours <laughs> and call that a rich person's life. So what, what is that all about? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs. And a lot of, you know, a lot of, people in the United States did. And uh, I think that there's, we like parking spots. There's, you know, so, 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 <laughs> so something that is, I think, kind of, I think kind of unique, I think, and I have not done a lot of world travel. Most of my yeah. travel has been, you know, in the Americas. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm unfamiliar with Europe. I, I actually, I, I find a lot of the conversations you have on this podcast really fascinating because you talk yeah. about Western stuff. Yeah. And you talk about the United States and Canada sometimes, but a lot of your perspectives come from Europe. It, the, the half of the world that I have never been to. Yeah. Um, you know, but one thing I think that people outside of the United States don't oftentimes grasp is how huge it is. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I can drive for literally 36 hours straight and just barely make it to the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, you know, so like if I wanted to go from where I live now to Florida, it would take me 12 hours. It's just a, that's just a really long drive. And, you know, when, when our, our cities and our, our towns and our suburbs and all that stuff was being developed, it was just nothing but space. So it was like, Oh, you're, Oh, you're wealthy, you know, go and, build on a huge plot of land there it's the land is like infinite Uh, we stole it from somebody and you can have it now yeah um and um you know and and so like little commerce centers and things like that they started to crop up really far away from each other (laughs) um you know so you know for like for me where i live i've got three major metropolitan markets within an hour of me yeah um and if I didn't have a car, I would be stuck with just one of them. Yeah. 
So, and that's, I think, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people here who like live in DC and their entire lives take place in DC. The same for Baltimore. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just, you know, it's, they, they lean on the walkable side of the city. They lean on public transit and things like that. And, um, and that's great. But a lot of people, especially I think people who didn't grow up in a city, um, are really attached to that sense of like, I, there's a lot of places I want to go. I, I want to go to the beach. I want to go to a totally different city. I want to, yeah. you know, and to do that, everybody needs a car. And then once <laughs> you have a car and you're paying for a car, well, you know, you're going to drive it. So, <laughs> you know, but in city, you know, in cities, it's not uncommon for people not to own cars if they actually live in a city. It's just so many of us don't. Yeah. So, no, I don't it's know just, if that really answers your question, but I think it's an interesting perspective. So yeah, my, my question was mostly about traffic and how, no matter how developed the countries get and the U S as you said, has a lot of space yet. It has a lot of traffic, mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. And in Holland, of course, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of space, but it is still a yeah. lot of traffic, but I do like your perspective about, okay, how important a car is to you guys there and how huge it places. If I map the U S over Europe, it covers most of Europe. So it, it tells you right. a lot, like if I drive 36 hours from where I live, I can reach almost Turkey. And that, that tells you something because I'm literally right. on the other side of, of Europe and right. I can hit Turkey in 36 hours. So it is, it is as big as, as, as the US in, in terms of the land. But what is striking to me is how walkable Europe is. And this is a really good <laughs> point. That it's really so walkable and yeah. I, I'm refusing to go outside into the suburbs. So I get your point of a suburb now. Mm -hmm. We also have the concept here near big cities, suburbs. They're basically little towns mm -hmm. that got absorbed by the city because the city was getting so big. So right, right. I live I live in the in a small city, but even the small city has smaller suburbs around it. And I told my wife, if you want to get a bigger house, if you want the dream house, you know, like uh, two, two, three stories and like four bedrooms and like a big garden in the backyard, then we have to get out of the city because it's it's not possible here. First of all, no new buildings. Right. It's all old. We want to go for a new building. Besides that, ridiculously expensive. So we decided to go to a place, which I'm not joking, William, you'd laugh about it. It's 15 minutes from the city center by bike. By a, <laughs> by a bicycle, imagine by a bicycle, okay. not a yeah. car. Well, by a car, it's also 15 minutes because just, that's how the walkable the city is that by bike, it takes <laughs> yeah. the same amount of time that a car does, right. but it's that, it's that close. And we don't want to move because right now we live two minutes away from the city center by bike. So I'm like, my life is going to change. I can't go there. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I go get uh, outside in the night. I walk around. I have a very fancy street of immigrant food right next to me. I have the city center right next to me. I have parks next to me. What will I do in that mm -hmm. suburban region where I don't have anything? And they're like, yeah, but it had its own thing. So imagine the difference. And when you talk about like yeah. being restricted in America without a car, because you have Baltimore one hour away, DC one hour away. In Holland, I live in Eindhoven. My work is in Belgium. My other work is in mm. Amsterdam and I use trains to get everywhere and I can get there within an hour everywhere. That's yeah. how well connected the public transport and, and walking yeah. walkability is. So it, it, it always shocked me how us is so uh, car centric, same as, same as yeah. Pakistan, to be honest, because in Pakistan, we have the same concept. I live in Karachi, which is one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, 25 million people documented undocumented it's, wow. it's much more than that yeah, in one city so there's yeah. this huge swath of land that you can only access by car <laughs> because Oof. public transport yeah is i mean non-existent yeah 
Yeah, I mean, and and <laughs> I mean, I think I think Americans who aren't kind of like uh, high on the idea that everything American is the best it can possibly be, you know, uh, are envious. <laughs> we're, we're jealous. We're jealous of the way that you know so many European countries have like figured it out. And you know, we've got there are reasons. There are reasons that it it is hard to do over here, and some of yeah. them are practical, and some of them are political. And, yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's not lost on, you know, the, 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 those of us over here who are like thinking about it and like, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's not lost on us. It is, it is crazy. <laughs> it is, it is crazy, but it, it's also, it's also not quite the, there are, we have a, a traffic hotspots, um, yeah. but it is not so bad most of the time. You know, yep. it's, I think that especially if you look at social media or, or, you know, you're watching TikTok about traffic in the United States, you're getting a really skewed idea of what it's actually like. Yeah, know? that could be the case. Yeah, so it's, it's, but I don't know. We, we need fewer cars. I just, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a photographer and I, 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 I'm a dog guy. I don't know anything about, <laughs> I don't know how to fix the traffic problems. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's uh, but let me ask you something at 5 p.m. when you leave D.C. or leave Baltimore, do you hit traffic? Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, not Baltimore. Baltimore, ah. Baltimore has this kind of slow hum of traffic all the time that, uh, you know, it's a little slower, but Baltimore is a surprisingly walkable city and they've got a pretty impressive bus network. Um, they don't have any trains. I mean, there, there's some like connection type routes uh, that yeah. are kind of outside the city. And there is like a really rudimentary subway system up there. Um, but the traffic in Baltimore and, and like outside of Baltimore is never really all that bad. Um, ah, I would love to live in a city you know? like that. Yeah. Most of my life it's yeah. stuck in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Now Baltimore is not too bad. DC on the other hand is a fucking nightmare. Ah. <laughs> oh my god. And it's like it starts on, you know, 2:30 on Friday afternoon and you're just like it, what what should take you 30 minutes to get somewhere is is now 2 hours. Really? Uh, yeah, it's rough. It, it it's weird it, and I think that part of that is a combination of how this doing a lot of construction and renovation in the city and they're building new roads, which never really seem to be done. Or like, all these new roads are gonna—it's gonna alleviate traffic. It's not gonna be so bad anymore. Uh, but they just keep building them, so it's never better. <laughs> it's, I've, I've lived in this area my whole life, and I can't remember a time when DC wasn't under construction. Like under construction, yeah. So, oh, that's wonderful. But uh, those who are <laughs> who have been following us so far, this was almost 15 minutes of us talking about. Urban ur <laughs> urban design. While none of us are the experts in urban design, so I would like to take <laughs> take the conversation to actually places where we can talk a lot. But I really well, like. Oh, hold on a second. I watched a YouTube video about urban design, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, if you are if you are interested in this, I would really recommend the the podcast series. I don't know if you've listened to it, but Freakonomics. Freakonomics. They, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah. I'm from. I read the book. I read both of the books. Um, yeah, yeah. The books are but amazing. I, I haven't heard the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. They talk a lot about this economic policy. So there, they have a lot of podcasts actually on 
uh, traffic and urban urban design and urban development and how you can fix these things. Uh, of course, economists and policymakers come in, people who are uh, more than just YouTube watchers. So I think they will be a bit more <laughs> into it. So I think it's a, it's going to be a very good listen to you because you told me you, you love to listen okay. to some uh, podcasts as well. So it's a good addition. And for anyone who's listening, I think yeah. wonderful podcast to add to your uh, circulation. However, I'm going to... I'm going to write that down actually real quick. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Comics podcast. Okay. Otherwise I'll yeah. forget if I don't write yeah. this down. I have to remember. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a topic for a whole another day. Cause I debate with people <laughs> all the time why I can't remember shit, but it happens. But William, <laughs> I want to take the conversation back to you. So you were raised in a suburb of sure. near Washington and that's where we got stuck for the past 15 yeah. minutes. But what, <laughs> what are you doing now? What is up and, and how, tell me a little bit more about your photography. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, what am I doing now? I'm talking to you on a podcast. Um, the photography, I started as a photographer for kind of that special, like that special reason where like you, you kind of convince yourself that doing the wrong thing is doing the right thing because doing the right thing is like hard and scary, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, my dad, my, my dad was a photographer, um, growing up and like a, just a very enthusiastic hobbyist. Um, and you know, so by the time I was 16 or 17, I knew what a good photograph looked like, you know? Um, and then it was really just kind of a matter of figuring out the technical side, like technically, how do I take the picture that I know looks good in my head and turn yeah. it into a photo, you know, with a piece of equipment. And so I was in, uh, I was in high school. Um, do you guys have, what, what do you call high school there? Yeah, they I, have I, it. I think you're like, you kind of change the, the, the names are so like here we have elementary school, middle school, high school, high school and then you yeah. go off to college. Yeah. yeah. Um, here as well. I think very similar. I think here high school, you guys have high school of four years, right? Yes. Yeah, it's the same. You have, uh, like, uh, I don't know the Dutch names. My Dutch isn't that good. But you have, like, the young kids school. Then you have the middle bar school, which is basically middle school. And then you have the mm -hmm. upper upper middle school, which is basically your high school. And then after that, you go to university. Right. But in Pakistan, it's a okay. bit different. Uh, we have the British okay. system. So our high school is two, our high school is five years divided between two sections. So you have three years in one section. And then you graduate and you go to yeah. another high school for two years and then you graduate and go to the university. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So it's a, it, it kind of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was what, that was what I was wondering. Cause, cause, yeah. uh, you know, the, the British system has, it's just a little, I don't, I, I yeah. like I said, I have not been over there, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, we, but so, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was in high school and was, just having a rough time. It was, I was not, I was not doing well in high school. Um, and for, for a variety of reasons that would, that are, don't belong in this particular conversation, but the, you know, I quit. I basically was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I quit. And I was like, I got to do something else. And so I got a job at an office. And then I was at this office. I, I had a, a coworker was a good friend of mine. And we, um, we started taking pictures and, and I just thought like, well, maybe if I could just get people to give me money for this, then I can skip this whole like 
terror that I've created for myself where it's like, what are you going to do with your life? You don't, you don't have an education. You're not, you know, you didn't learn how to do anything. And so I'm like, well, I, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll just put my foot down and I'll, I'll be that guy who's like, uh, he is a success, even though he failed didn't at everything know. else, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just, yeah. I mean, genuinely, genuinely years of, of, of just kind of like, um, like, like almost like a, like an oppositional defiant disorder, like desire yeah. to, to do this thing because I didn't do well in school. Like I, I just struggled with the, the formality of the system a lot yeah. and, you know, and, and I, I'm, you know, so I, I, <laughs> I just stuck with it long enough that like, you know, that like fake it till you make it that, you know, idiom. Well, I absolutely faked it. And uh, uh, eventually I did make it uh, and I still might be faking it. It's hard to say, honestly, Uh, you know, if you you fake it, if you fake it to make it long enough, you don't know what will come where you're, you no longer know if you're faking it or not. Yeah. so, you know, I, 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 that's basically, that was basically how I ended up here. I, I, I started, um, taking pictures of people and, you know, because people pay, people will pay you <laughs> to take yeah. pictures, you know, unlike landscapes, landscape, landscape has <laughs> never paid me for a photo in my life. Um, you know, and, and it, and you know, it, it, it just so happens that I really, it's a cross section of things that I love. Um, yeah you know, I, I, I love working with people. I like helping yeah. people feel seen and I like yeah. helping people feel, um, uh, like inspired to, to sort of display a part of themselves that they maybe otherwise wouldn't. And, and yeah. that, you know, photography creates a lot of opportunities to do that when you're, when I'm working with, when I'm working with somebody, a lot of people are not comfortable in front of a camera. You know, yeah. I'm not really comfortable in front of a camera. It's killing me that I can there. see my face over there. Me too. I'm like, okay. It's so annoying. If I could just make, that, that, yeah. could just make can, that go away. Can I, not, <laughs> can I not hide it? Indeed, yeah. And Zoom and everything, you at least have an option of hiding yeah. it. Here, you don't even know how to oh, hide it. It's so, so frustrating. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. You know, yeah. so, you know, so, yeah, I mean, people people have this, people have, have a problem relating to themselves. And, and photography is one of the ways that people do relate to themselves. And that, yeah. you know, that is something that I, I really like to do. So, you know, when I, when I, when I get to work with somebody who is uncomfortable in front of the camera and I can help them feel like just sink into your skin, it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just here together. We're taking some pictures and nine out of 10 times I send them the photos and they're like, I had no idea I looked like that. I look so good. I thank you so much, whatever, you know? Yeah. And so uh i might have i might have i might have lost the thread he said what am i doing now i'm taking pictures of people <laughs> i'm loving it because i already have like three questions lined up for you that's okay. by listening to your stories so if you allow me if you don't have a sure. if you lost the thought then i would like to add uh i am on the other side of the spectrum right we come from pakistan india pakistan bangladeshis are very famous for being overeducated because our parents tell us mm-hmm. that you know what you need to learn 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 so i have a master's mm-hmm. i have a bachelor's i am yeah. in da- i'm in data so i of course have this preconceived notion i do not believe education is is important in a way for you to be successful but i do believe it's important for you in a way to groom yourself Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it teaches it yeah. teaches you people skills. It teaches you research skills. It teaches you those kind of things. 
So when I listen to you, when I talk to you, William, to be really, really honest, I do not, in my own preconceived notion, I do not, I would not have known that you have not finished high school, for God's sake, let alone university or something, not even high school, because I have a very yeah. different uh, standard or different uh, opinion of who I see people who do not finish high school, because as I said, it's not really yeah. about education or something. It's about the grooming you get. It's about how you talk yeah. to people, the people skills and the communication skills that you build the ability to sell yourself, to carry yourself. But all of that you learned on the road. How did you do that? <laughs> That's what makes me curious. Well, first of all, there is like a there's like a seventeen year old in me somewhere that's that that just heard you say like you don't meet the the, the preconceived idea I had of yeah. uh, somebody who didn't finish high school and that seventeen year old is like see I told you I told, I told you, you. He's, yeah he's getting <laughs> that seventeen year old is getting everything that he wants right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know I I don't know because I mean I I I think that education is. I think it's kind of a disposition more than it is a practice in some ways. Um, and it's not that I didn't like learning things, you know, it's not that I, it's not, it's not that I wasn't bright or capable of taking in new ideas or interested in new ideas or interested in challenging my perspectives or um, any of that, you know, it, it was something about the system. Was something about the formality of the system, you yeah. know, I've, I have, I've, I've, all, I've never really responded especially well to like institutional authority, which is not great. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's, you know, super good uh, <laughs> or anything, but it is what it is, you know, that, you know, for whatever reason, the, the systems that we had in place, um, they just weren't, you know, at that time in my life, I didn't, I didn't slot into them very well, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever sort of like weird kind of, um, you know, emotional defect I had that made it hard for me to, you know, exist and excel in that environment. Yeah. Um, it, it just didn't work for me. So, you know, it, it, it was never that it was never that I, I, I wasn't interested, or I wasn't capable, it was it had something to do with the system, the the, the way that it was being applied. Um, and you know, so when I left, when I left school, there was, I, I mean, I did have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to be what people thought a person who didn't finish school was going to be, yeah. you know? Um, and I read a lot of books. I went and I learned a lot of stuff on my own and, yeah. um, I tried to soak up information, um, as as best I could, but kind of like aim, just kind of aimlessly. Like I, I want to be well read. I want to understand things, and I, I interact with people all the time. I love to interact with people, and it turns out if you have kind of like a, you know, kind of like a working uh, surface knowledge of lots of things, you can interact with lots of people and have you know intelligent conversations, or at least intelligent sounding conversations. Yeah. Um. I'm, I think a distinction should probably be drawn between those two. <laughs> no, but I think uh, um, I really, I really uh, appreciate your last point because 
you the concept of continuous learning has nothing to do with institu institutional education right i completely agree yeah. with you i think being curious is an individual trait and 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 you're a very good example of a person who was curious doesn't matter if they went to the uh, through the system or not sometimes the system can dampen that creativity and that curiosity of yours because yeah. they make you force you read to read these boring books that once you graduate you go like you know what i'm never touching a book in my life because if this is what books right. mean and that's what happened to me when i graduated from university i was not in favor of books at all i was like you know what fuck this I'm not mm. doing this. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why I found the world of podcasts because I was like, you know what? This is better. This is uh, audio uh, or spatial mm -hmm. storytelling that I can, I can get on board with. But then slowly, slowly I started reading books and I go like, man, this podcasts are fine. YouTube videos are fine. Movies are fine. But the amount of effort it goes into coherently writing a book, that person mm -hmm. did their research and they're distilling it for you in a really easy format that you yeah. can easily consume and still not many people do. So the fact that you can you can train yourself to be like, you know what, I will, I'm, I want to be well-read. And that shows in, in the way you carry yourself, in the way you talk to you. you know, like I want to be, even if it's intelligent sounding and not intelligent per se, <laughs> it still works. And I, and I agree sure. with your concept of, 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 you know, not really fitting into the system, but I just hope that you're not uh, an anarchist by nature, that you just walk around and argue, <laughs> arguing with police officers just for the sake of it. <laughs> but... no, 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 I've, you know, I, I think that there was a time probably, or maybe, you know, late teens, early 20s, where I was I might have, <laughs> if I, if I, if I had, if I had a more of a, um, uh, yeah, I've never been all that much of like a troublemaker. I'm, I'm simultaneously like, I don't, I'm, I'm a little non-confrontational. So it's like, yeah. I don't really like institutional authority, but that also sort of means like, I'm going to try my best not to brush up against that authority, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, if I'm going to break the thing. rules, I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. if, like if I'm breaking the rules, I'm going to do it, you know, like where I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get caught, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to yeah. do anything that's really going to come back to haunt me too hard. Yeah. Um, because I'm, you know, as much as I don't like the authority, I also don't like dealing with my feelings about, my response to the uh, yeah. that, that authority so yeah um you know i, I mean no I, I yeah so it's i'm i'm definitely i'm not i'm not an anarchist i'm i'm but not by any stretch i i uh i and as as an adult i've i've developed a much greater awareness of of what my what my brain's inclinations are and <laughs> and to Try try my best to try to counterweight it a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, I, I I one of the I think one of the main things that I've learned in my life, uh, at least as far as I, like me, like as far as I'm concerned, and I, but I do suspect it's kind of everybody. Um, we're I don't think I I I have I've, I'm highly aware that I am capable of being incredibly dishonest with myself. And I am not going to know <laughs> that that's what I'm doing until later, yeah. you know? Um, and so, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, I've, from that comes just the level of sort of like introspective humility where I'm like, I think this is what's going on inside of me. I don't really know. I'm going to need to watch and, and like sort of listen to see if, I'm telling myself the truth mm -hmm. about this or that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it happens so much. It happens so much that 
you want to do something, your brain at that point in time says this is important, but at another point in time, it doesn't give a shit about what it said before. It's the most flippy yeah. floppy thing I've ever seen in my life. And you sit down, you go like, you know what you need to, for me, like losing weight has become a big deal. I think throughout my journey, I keep talking about it, that, okay, I need to lose weight, I need to work out and you eat less. I need to do these things. And my brain goes like, good, let's make a plan. Let's do this. And next morning, I'm walking down the street. Mm -hmm. I see Subway. I see, the, I smell the cookies. My brain goes like, you want that? I'm like, no, I don't. You just, we just decided this yesterday, man. And it goes like, no, no, I think, I think we'll fix it tomorrow. Let's have some cookies uh -huh. today. Right. So, yeah. And how do I trust this thing? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I you know, <laughs> there is this sense of like, you're, you're, you know, you're walking past the Subway, you smell the cookies and you're like, uh, we just talked about this. And you're like, no, no, no. That was a different guy. That other guy talked about this. I'm this guy. This guy wants that fucking cookie. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. Exactly. Extremely familiar with that experience. In fact, I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm my, my, I, I'm in the last 10 years, I'm down my, my own, my own weight. That was a, that was a really big thing for me. And I'm down like 60 pounds um, from when, I, I, I sort of started down uh, a path and it's all, it means, frankly, it's all kind of interconnected. Um, but I'm very familiar with that. And, it, and this idea of like lying to yourself uh, and, and just like not, not really being sure when you're being truthful with, with yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's all connected to that. It's all, it's all part of the same sort of schema of, I don't know, uh, denial and, self-honesty and all these different things you know yeah um so so i'd like to take the conversation back because we sure. are start we were talking about photography and then we started talking about life again i think that's that's what we really want to talk about but we want to stick to photography sure. a little while so you were saying you do photography of people because you connect with people and uh yeah because people pay and landscapes don't pay so <laughs> so 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 you really but there's a lot of different types of photography right so you have wedding photography mm -hmm. you have corporate photography you have portraits you have like design photographies headshots what what is your specialty and and why did you choose that as your specialty um so i am i tell people that i specialize in anything that includes people because it's i, I don't know i mean and this you know it's funny this so this this <laughs> this might be taking a bite out of my potential. I don't know, yeah. but I've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. And frankly, it's not that different. Like, mm -hmm. you, like I'll hear people say, you know, browsing, you know, browsing Reddit or, or community, you know, photographer community groups. And there's a lot of talk about like, Oh, specializing in boudoir photography or specializing in kid photography, specializing in weddings. And I'm like, what do you mean specializing? <laughs> like they all share the same core of like identify the human that deserves dignity and, and sort of imagine what that person, how that person wants to see themselves or see their circumstance and then do it, you know? And, but, but technically they're not that different. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, like taking a photo for a headshot versus taking a, a photo during like a bridal portrait session, the intentions are different and the goals are different, but like the technical side is essentially identical. Yeah. And 
you know, and, and, and that core thrust of like, who is this person in front of me? What do they want? What do they want to feel? What are they worried about in this situation? And how can I help them not worry about that? <laughs> it's the same. It's the yeah. same thing. So I do all anything that involves people, I do it. And and like I said, you know, I think I think from like a, a purely like a like a commerce or marketing standpoint, that might be taking a bite out of me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, it may be that, you know, from like a market standpoint, a bride might land on a website, you know, might land on my website and say like, oh, these I'm looking for somebody who just does weddings. I don't really want somebody who also takes pictures of babies or something. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm stuck on, I'm stuck on this idea of being authentic with the world and the people I interact with. And I can't bring myself to authentically say <laughs> that these things are meaningfully different. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, in all of the ways yeah. that really matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get you completely because I am this whole project of Russell is, is about uh, accountability and building resilience mm. as, as, as a person. Right. So I also offer mm. sessions on building resilience and, and building accountability. And when I was, I, when I was building the program, uh, my marketing team kept asking me, people around kept asking, what's your niche? What's your specialty? And I'm like, goal setting and accountability is the same, whatever you do, right? You want to lose weight. Right, yeah. It's, yeah. it's simple. You want to eat clean. It's simple. You want to run 10 K it's simple. Like the concept is the same. You know what to do. Information is out there. It's just, I'm there right. to hold you accountable for you to do this. And that, that is across any industry, but they go like, Nope, you need to find a niche. You need to pick people who really want to do this. And I'm like, Anyone who is interested in improving themselves is, is me, right? Anyone who is interested in taking a photo is 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 your yeah. your guy. But for some reason, the world makes us want to again fit into this box, and and, and yeah. you would you would say that it's raising our potential, but I say it's 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 boxing our potential because we feel like we can fly, yeah. but they're like, no, you need to yeah. niche down because everyone is in this field. How are you going to get there? So I get completely what you mean, but yeah. thankfully, thankfully for you, it's been working out so far. Right, that yeah. you you have yeah. you have a good practice. Uh, you have a good uh, thing going on. People still call you up for stuff. You have done each of these, have you not? Uh, bridal, oh yeah, corporate, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That everything yeah. works out, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's. I think like anybody, you know, I mean, let's be real. If if you want to get rich, the way to do that is not with a camera. <laughs> like, you know, if you if you want to if you want to get rich with a camera, you're you're kind of like saying like I'm going to get rich by, you know, becoming a a, a celebrity in Hollywood. It's like okay, well, yeah. probably not then. Yeah. Um. So you know, I'm I'm not I, you know I'm I'm not in I'm not in a class of like elite photographers. Yeah. Who are making, you know, a million dollars a year. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm an ordinary guy who's making a decent living being able to support myself and my family. Yeah. You know, um, the question is, you know, if I, if I were to play some of those sort of like mind games, the niche games, maybe I would, maybe I would be one of those people making millions of dollars a year. Yeah. But is it know. important? Is it important to you? Is the question, right? It's right. And, and I think, you know, I don't know, there, there might be like some like, uh, 
Marvel Cinematic alternate universe version of me who's like, man, you don't know what you're missing on the other side of selling out or something. I don't know, <laughs> you know. But from where I'm sitting, I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm happy with what my company does, and I'm happy with the rewards that it gives me. And yeah, um, you know, like everybody wants to see more resources when they can, but I, I just. I've done things that I hated, you know, for just for the resources. And yeah. uh, I've done things that I love without any resources. And I think I have a pretty nice middle ground here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that I've, I think I have a pretty nice uh, mix of like, I get to do a lot of things that I love and not too many things that I hate. And I make enough money, not all the money, but I make yeah. enough of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. I think it no, does. I, I, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. And uh, But photography is not your only passion, right? So you do photography no. and you're talking, uh, you're telling me that you want to talk to people and, and landscapes don't pay you. But I would assume animals also don't pay you, right? So <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> not yet, right? So you found a different way of of having your passion with animals and working with animals, yet it you found a way to get to get paid for that. So what, what is going on there? Um, okay. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you a, a little vignette. Let me see if I can keep yeah. this under two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to really not care for dogs. I, I, I grew up in a household that I think the largest pets we could have were um, like, like, gerbils like guinea pigs and stuff like little you know and uh that was always unsatisfying to me but the, you know i think we have rabbits actually now that i think about it um, yeah i did it as well that's the max we are allowed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Big, the biggest animal you can have is rabbit and you know what they don't love you they don't even pretend to love you you know yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big weakness for such a cute animal yeah um you know, so I grew up in this house that we didn't have dogs. We didn't have pets. The biggest pet, just, just like rodents in cages. And um, by the time I, by the time I was older, I didn't like dogs. And I think that I had like a scary interaction with a big dog when I was a little kid or something. And it just sort of, but then one year in the snow, it was, we had this crazy snowstorm, two or three feet of snow, which is a lot for this area. And uh, I'm out there shoveling our driveway and this little, black and white dog comes trotting up my driveway just out of from nowhere, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, I, I you know, I, I believe in being kind. <laughs> I believe in kindness uh, for living things, uh, sometimes not living things. Um, and so I'm going to try and help this little dog. And so I bring the dog in and I'm looking for its owners and, but it's been snowing. So the shelters are all closed and there's, no way to really find him. So this dog is here for two or three days. When the snow finally starts to clear, we put up some signs. We're looking for their owners and stuff. Uh, and their owners aren't turning up. And one day I'm sitting there reading reading a book or something. I'm sitting in, in my big old chair, my, my, mom's, my mom's old chair from when I was a little kid. And this little black and white dog, his name was Mikey. He comes up and he just hops up into my lap right in front of like, he had never done this before. Just like, he just decided, he was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get under this person's lap. Here we go. And he gets up onto my lap, nestles himself kind of like in between me and my book. And I'm like, 
Okay. I guess you live here now. I guess, like, <laughs> I guess, I guess you're my dog. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I just turned on a dime. It was like, I suddenly under, I, I suddenly got it. It was like, oh, man's best friend. Oh, they like, there is this weird kind of back and forth. Like, it's like a, it's sort of a simulated, it's like a simulated person. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Um, you know, and, and so I had him until he, you know, he, he passed away and immediately picked up this other dog, but you, you know, uh, from a shelter, I found this other dog from a shelter and that's what I'm talking about Bailey. And, you know, the relationship I had with the previous dog was more like a, the relationship of like roommates, like, Oh, this is this, this creature lives here. That's kind of it. This, he lives with me. Um, when I got Bailey, though, it was like a light clicked. I was like, oh, this dog is, is like, is responding very much to me specifically. And I started to train her and she started to learn. And, and then I'm seeing this like back and forth where I'm like, oh, I can read what she's saying to me. And now she's starting to read what I'm saying to her. And I mean, we're talking like cross species communication. So you know, there's an element of anthropomorphizing the experience of this dog. Um, but, but there is some kind of a two-way street. There is some kind of a two-way communication um, that I can see bear out in, you know, in circumstances, you know, in, in like actual circumstances where she knows what to do because I've trained her how to do it. And I know what she wants because she has trained me <laughs> to know what she, she's asking for. Um you know, and, and like everything else, like every, like almost like this, this version of me back when I left school and I dove into to books and learning, I said, this is fascinating. This, this dog thing is crazy. I, it's amazing that this dog seems to know what I want and is interested in learning and, and is getting so, so good at it. And so I just started reading. I started reading all the books I could find about dog training and, and watching seminars and all this stuff. And this dog is trained. And now she's not like a show dog. I mean, she's a mutt. She doesn't, you know, she's, she has no predisposition for anything except for treats. Um, but, you know, as far as like your everyday household dog is concerned, this dog is brilliant. <laughs> she, she knows exactly what to do. And she does it with incredible discipline. Um, you know, we were able to teach her to, to stop chasing squirrels chasing deer she won't chase foxes she'll wait for permission to go and meet another dog if we're out on the street you know these are just really uncommon things for a household dog um and so i started walking her around the neighborhood you know so we 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 walk three to five miles every day um oh that's a just uh i guess it is um I don't know. I, I, I've lost my perspective. <laughs> sorry, sorry for that. Because for for an American who loves cars, walking three to five miles a day is a very big deal. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's it's there's a schema there where you know it's like she needs the exercise, she needs the stimulation, um, and I want to burn those calories. You know, I want to I want to be active. I'm sitting here at a desk a lot of the time. You know, I yeah. I, I want to, you know. Um, we both need the exercise. So we're kind of, mm -hmm. it's like, the other thing is, you know, Americans, we drive 
to go get groceries, but then like walk to just use our shoes. You know, it's like, well, I've got these, these, I've got these walking shoes. I better use them up. I'll just walk in no direction for a while, <laughs> like, which is exactly what we do. Um, so, so we're just, so, you know, Bailey and I would w walk around town three to five miles every day and run into all these other dogs. And so people on the street start to see, this dog that doesn't need a leash and she stays right there at my side and can do a million tricks and yeah. seems to be very, very, very attentive to, to what I am asking her to do. And so just like one by one, these people that I'm meeting on the street are saying, how did you do that? <laughs> you know? And the thing is, is that, you know, occasionally somebody will say, Hey, can you train my dog? And I'll say, no. I can't, but I can train you. I can train you to train your dog, um, which is what I, which is what I do, which is what I do sometimes. I, it's, it's mostly for people in our, our community, in our neighborhood. It's all like word of mouth stuff. A lot of the time I am to my own detriment, just saying, I love your dog. I want to make them better. I'll do this for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll, you know, um, and you know, and so it's, it's, it's not a proper business. It is, the epitome of a passion project uh, to, to get together with these people and work with their dogs and see their dogs yeah. improve and um, maybe make a little bit of money here and there, but it, you know, it, it, and it isn't, it isn't dog training. It's people training for dogs. Yeah. It's, it's people. Yeah, training. I, don't know. I Just, really like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Imagine like how people would be willing to train their dogs but not train themselves. So they'd be like, can you train mm -hmm. my dog? Uh, no, I want to train you. <laughs> so you can mm -hmm. be able to train your dog. But, oh, come on. Can't you just train my dog? So I just yeah. say, hope and it comes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes, that absolutely. And it, what's that? Does that happen? Um, uh, I'm sorry, say it again, back up. But I, 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 I think I'm I, saying I like the, that one line. No, I'm saying, does that happen? Like people, you tell them that I want to train you and they go like, no, I, I just want oh. you to train my dog. Uh, yeah, most people, when I say that, uh, they walk away, but <laughs> <laughs> wonderful sales trick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, the people that I work with understand that like, you know, occasionally somebody wants to like send their dog away with me, like send them to camp William. And it's like, no, it's not gonna, that's not gonna work, you know, because the, the the truth is, is that like dogs are actually kind of a fascinating reflection of their people. Yeah. Um, a dog, a dog behaves a, with a lot of the same kind of um, drive that, a, that their people have, you know, and, and so it is not altogether surprising that, that, you know, Bailey is a very uncommonly disciplined dog because I'm kind of an uncommonly disciplined person. I'm not um, liking you anymore. I was enjoying it. When I was <laughs> but now I'm hearing discipline, walking three to five miles a day. My God, William, it's like, I don't know you anymore. Maybe, look, maybe, maybe we need to, maybe we need to do this again. I'll, I'll get you the discipline you're after. We can yeah. You're going to people train me now. <laughs> I'll people train you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's, but the, 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 the thing is, is that, you know, first of all, like, like when it comes to training a dog, it, it is about discipline because dogs learn 
from consistency. What you do with a dog repeatedly, they will do again and again and again and again. And so, you know, if you want to teach your dog to, um, you know, sit on a couch when you walk into the house, you're just going to need to run through the steps to teach them that every single day until they get it. And for a lot of dogs, they're probably going to get it in like two or three days. If they're, if there's, if they're properly incentivized, some dogs, it might take a month or two months, but, but in all cases, you just have to do it again and again and again, every day, even if it's only a little tiny bit, but it will work unless your dog is like brain damaged or something. And then maybe, I don't know that happens sometimes they're living creatures after all, but, um, you know, and that's, that's exactly the same thing. That's true for people too. You know, if you want, if you want to succeed at something, whether it's personal or professional, you're just going to have to do the, do the thing every single day. <laughs> Even if it's just a tiny little bit and over time it will work. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I tell my, I tell myself that all the time where I'm like, you know, there's a project, there's a thing I want to learn or there's a, something I want to complete or, and it's like, it just feels daunting. It feels too big. It feels too hard. And it's like, you can't do it today. This is something that is the aggregate of months and months, maybe years of effort, which means that all you can do today is a tiny little bit. So as long as you do a tiny little bit today, all you have to do is a tiny little bit tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And eventually you're done. You're done. Wow. As long as you don't, as long as you don't hit a day where you just don't do it, eventually it gets done. You know? So I, I, I think, and I think I genuinely think actually part of what I, what fascinates me about training dogs is how similar it is to training ourselves. You know, the, the things we want to do, you know, are, they're hard. They're hard to do. And we're kind of dumb. We're kind of, we're kind of like, I mean, our continuity of self is not great. You know, like you were talking about like the cookie. I want the cookie. The guy yesterday didn't want the cookie. The guy today does. And this idea that like, this a like, continuity of self where I am, I am that guy from yesterday. Yeah. We're the same on the same continuum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and this, this idea of, of, of just like a little every day, consistent, consistent application of, of discipline is um that is you develop a continuity of self that way and you develop discipline that way you know uh boy i really kind of went off the rails there (laughs) you have no idea how much i enjoyed this because it felt like you were talking to me it it felt like you were attacking me that uh, you you should know this a dog knows this for god's sake you should know but but I will let that pass. No, to be honest, it was a lot, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this conversation. However, we have to slow it down because we're hitting the hour mark. Yeah. So I would I would love to have you again because I feel like there's hundreds of things yeah. we can talk about. But for now, I think we've covered most of it. Is there something else that you want to talk about? Mm, um, no, not really. Um, I guess if you're listening to this, you're listening to my voice in this, um, be nicer to yourself. Audience, be nicer to yourself. 
I think that's all I want to say. <laughs> uh, I think you I think you were looking for an idea or a thought, but I didn't have a thought. I just think the audience should be nicer to themselves. That's all. I know. I I think that's also fine. I think it's wonderful advice. And throughout what I, what I've learned from you, William, is that you can always make a case for yourself. You can always build something of yourself if you just put in the work every single day. Right, be it photography, yeah. be it dog training, be it be it uh, building your own uh, business or leaving school and yet working on yourself, consistency is key. Putting in the effort is key, and I think yeah. you're an epitome, a living embodiment of someone who is able to do that. And I respect that immensely because yes, I I, I feel like I've stumbled into this life uh, uh, in a, in a very in a matter of luck, and uh, yeah. there is a lot of things I could still be improving by being a bit more consistent. So I feel like all the potential I'm missing out on just because I couldn't be consistent. So it's nice to see consistency in action, to learn a little bit from it. And I hope not just me, but everyone around me, everyone listening to this uh, could also learn a little bit from that. So thank you so much, William, for your time. Of course, absolutely. This yeah. was fun. I appreciate it, you having me on. It was indeed fun. Thank you everyone else for listening. I hope you have fun and I'll talk to you next time. If you haven't already, do check out the roundtable. We are live with our first session already and we are looking for the upcoming quarter participants. So if you think you want an accountability group where you come in and get shit done, roundtable is the place to be. So sign up using the link below and I'll see you there. Thank you so much.